Listener supported. WNYC Studios. You know, when you play football, it's just, it's nothing like going out there in between those lines and the camaraderie with your teammates to go out there and try to win a football game. You know, it's, it's, it gets me out of bed every morning. You know, obviously I love my kids. I love my family. But, man, football just, it does something for me where I just, I, I love every day because once it's gone, it's gone. So you got to enjoy this, like, while, while it's here. This is Game Changer, a series from Death, Sex, and Money about how the lives and livelihoods of American athletes have been upended this year. I'm Anna Sale. Shelby Harris has suffered from asthma for as long as he can remember. For my asthma, pretty much, I'm on a daily inhaler. I take that twice a day, morning and, and evening. And then that's just to manage the asthma. And so then whenever I feel like my lungs are getting tight and I really can't breathe, then I take my, the rescue inhaler, my albuterol. And that's supposed to be the quick fix. Shelby told me he uses both types of inhalers regularly especially while he's in training for his job as a defensive lineman in the NFL. I have inhalers pretty much everywhere that I am. Like mm-hmm. I, have one in my lo- I have one in my locker, I have one in my car, there's a couple in my house. So really, wherever I, like just in case so, it's just that peace of mind, just knowing I have that. Yeah. It makes me feel a lot better. And when you first were hearing about COVID and about the risk factors for people with conditions like asthma, did you feel personally, that you were more at risk than others? Yes. Uh, you know, I don't just have sports-induced asthma. I have, like, uh, like just regular bronchial asthma where it can pop up at any time. So, yeah, I've had multiple scary moments when it came to asthma and, like, trying to breathe. So from everyone I've heard, talked to that had it, you know, they said their lungs just really felt really affected by it. And so I was very nervous about getting it because it was more of, I already have, like, weak lungs, you could say. So this would have, um, you know, I feel like this really could have, uh, you know, set me back. After it was announced that the NFL would play its fall season, players were given the option to opt out. High-risk players like Shelby were offered $350,000 for the season if they decided not to play. Other players were offered $150,000. 66 players in total, most of them linemen like Shelby, made the choice to sit this season out. Shelby was not one of them. I think Shelby Harris got a hand on that. I talked with Shelby by phone from his home in the Denver suburbs the day after he made that field goal block, during the Broncos' home opener against the Tennessee Titans. That crowd noise you're hearing was piped in for the Monday night football broadcast on ESPN. Hardly any fans were in the stands that night. It was weird, you know, but like the Broncos, they allowed our families to be there. So it was like 500 people there still. But it was just weird. You know, honestly, I, I, I thought it was funny because I was having conversations with the old linemen the whole game. Like the offensive lineman, you're chit-chatting in a way that you can't yeah, usually? So <laughs> usually? Yeah, usually you can't hear the person, but like, 
Yesterday, you could hear everything that was going on. Did you get more into the shit talking because you can hear each other so well? No, I'm not really a shit talker, to be honest. I, I'm more of just a conversationalist. Like, we just be having conversations <laughs> out there. Wait, what's a conversation that you're having when a football play is about to start? What are you talking about? Like, you're asking, like, hey, which way are you going? Tell me, tell me, just tell me, tell me which way you're going. Okay. And just, you know, just like little, little stuff like that. How much time did it take you to think about when you learned that there were still going to be NFL games this season? Um, just talk me through how did you all think about whether that was something you wanted to do? Well, honestly, for me, is I'm getting older. You know, I'm in year seven. I'm 20. This is my 20. I'm 29. So you got to think I'm in the back end of my career, no matter how you really think about it. So every year, if we don't play, that's a year I missed out on of my career that I won't get back. So I feel like if I opted out, you know, that could, for a lot of people, that could be the end of your career. Because, you know, it's just going to be young players that come in and perform, and that's how you get your spot taken. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. is like When it comes to football, once you're done with football, you're done with football. There is no, like, pickup leagues where you put the pads on it and like that. It's not basketball where you can just go play a pickup game. You know, so you got to get the most out of the time you play while you're playing it. Hmm. And so for me, it was pretty easy. I was going to play this year. You're not ready for football to end in your life? No. Uh-huh. I got a couple more years in me in this <laughs> old body. <laughs> <laughs> um, was there anyone in your life who said, Shelby, you've got asthma? Shelby, this is really high risk. I don't want to see you do this. Well, my wife didn't say she didn't want to see me do it. She was just like, you know, you have asthma. So if you if you get it, you get it. But then my thinking behind it, because I talked to my agent about it, it was really more of how crappy would you feel if you opted out of the season and still got COVID anyway? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, if you opt out of the season, there's no guarantee you're not getting COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So how dumb would you feel if you opted out and still got it? Right now, NFL players and coaches are getting tested daily for COVID, except on game days. And everyone's wearing a tracker. So if someone tests positive, anyone who's been in close contact can also be isolated. According to the NFL Players Association, 72 players tested positive for COVID at training camp this summer, starting when rookies arrived in mid-July. But since the start of the official season, only two players have tested positive, along with 10 other NFL staff members. Shelby and his wife, who is pregnant, are hunkering down as much as possible with their three kids, ages 1, 5, and 13. But when Shelby's on the field, social distancing is basically impossible, and masks are off. It kind of brings back a little normalcy. Like, it makes it feel kind of normal out there. Like, every, like the world is back to normal, but we know it's not. But you're, you're Obviously, there's contact when you're playing. Are you, like, high-fiving in the way that you do most seasons? Are you touching kind of, like, outside of a play in the way that you would otherwise? Uh, yeah, I don't think that's really much of a difference. I really just think a lot of people really feel, you know, a lot more safe knowing that everyone's getting tested every day and you're going to get those results, like, by the end of the day or the next day. If you got COVID this season, as far as your contract goes, would it be treated like an injury? How would it be treated as far as your how you're paid? 
So, so from what I I've heard, like you, you get obviously you get paid for it, but if you get it and you have a split in your contract, where if you're going into reserve, you make less. For me, I don't have a split in my contract, so I would still get the same amount of money if I got covered or if I didn't have it. Shelby's contract is worth $2.5 million, with the chance to earn another $750,000 in bonuses if his season goes well. But that's a lot less than what Shelby was anticipated to be earning this year. At the end of an impressive last season with the Broncos, Shelby was a free agent, expected to get picked up by another team and earn more than he ever had. At one point, he was projected to get a contract worth three to four times what he eventually landed. Because just as free agency opened in March, COVID hit. Shelby ended up re-signing with the Broncos after not getting the offers he hoped to get from other teams. You can't go do visits with teams. You can't really go talk to teams. I feel like that's important during free agency when they're trying to determine if you're going to be a good fit for them or not. So I I think COVID definitely, uh, you know, was a factor. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and... while on my pity or whatever, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to get better and, and you know, make them make, make them make a better decision next year. You know, after after that field goal block last night, I saw on Twitter there was some chatter about maybe you weren't being paid enough for your value at this point. Did you, have you felt that at all with how that contract oh, yeah. turned well, out? Oh yeah. oh, yeah, definitely 100%. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to cry about it. It is what it is. You got to go out there and you got to earn everything you get. And so for me, every game I go out there, I'm going to make sure that you know, I'm earning every dollar that I get and then hopefully set my family up for for the future. But, you know, it, it definitely, you definitely, uh, you know, you, you can feel slighted if you want to or, or not. But the way I decided to feel is I'm just going to keep putting the work in until I get what I truly deserve. When you when you think about what you truly deserve, tell me what you mean more about that. Just, you know, just the, the pay that I, I feel like I deserve. And uh, it's... This is the pay, but then also I feel like I want the respect around the league that I feel like I deserve. I've been putting in all this work, and I've been putting up numbers, and I've been helping all my team win, and it's about time that the league recognized it. Yeah. I've been in Denver. I've been playing on a one-year contract the last four years. You know, so, you know, it's just, uh, you know, that's 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 the goal. That's the dream, you know, is to have get that big contract. and. You know, a lot of things have to go into it to, to get it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm doing my all to be the most complete player I can be. I'm curious when you think about, like, what you, you know, you, you, you're in a field where um, your ability to earn is, you know, starts to diminish a lot after you turn 30. Um, when you think about kind of, like, what you what these earnings are for right now, like what you're making money for, like how much do you think of that as like supporting your family right now, and how much do you think about what's going to happen after your football career is over? Well, I mean, all the money I earn is really for my family. You know, having four kids, you got to put four kids through college. You know, it's really just to make sure that my kids don't need to go through a lot of the financial troubles I had to go through growing up. You save as much as you can while you can, you know. I'm in year seven right now. The NFL average is three years. And so, obviously, I made it more than double what the NFL averages. And I've made a good amount of money while I've been in the league. And it's, it's, it's really just, you know, to set my family up.
Coming up, I talk more with Shelby about how this NFL season looks very different from the ones he's experienced before. We're at a time right now where if there is no fans, there is there is no other distractions, we could truly make a difference right now and try to get things change, get laws changed, things that can actually change systematic racism. We can't let this die down. This is Game Changer, a series from Death, Sex, and Money. I'm Anna Sale. Before the start of this season, the NFL Players Association made an agreement with the NFL that allowed players, for the first time, to display the names of people killed by police on the backs of their helmets. Shelby Harris decided to wear the name Elijah McLean for the 23-year-old Black man from Aurora, Colorado, who was walking down the street in 2019 when police stopped him and put him in a chokehold. Paramedics eventually sedated him with ketamine, and he died six days later. Being in Colorado and being right next to Aurora, where there's all this police brutality and everything that's happening, and it's just... The reason I chose his name is because he truly was an innocent kid who who got roughed up by the police and didn't deserve anything that came to him, and... We're, we're, we're seeing this stuff happen more and more now. This, the police brutality is nothing new. It's just getting recorded now. What did you do during the national anthem during the game last night? I took a knee. Uh-huh. How long have you been taking a knee? Uh, I've, I've, only, I've taken it once before when we played Buffalo three, three years ago. Why did you make that choice back then? What was it? Well, we made a team decision that we were going to do it together, but that was when the president called the son of the bitches. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners, when somebody disrespects our flag, to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out, he's fired. He's fired! These are President Trump's words from a rally in Alabama in September 2017 in response to NFL players like Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the national anthem at games. In response, Shelby was among the 32 Broncos players who took a knee at their next game. It was a stand of more like we will not be silenced and also bringing attention to police brutality and racial injustice in the country. So you did it three years ago and then you, then you stopped and now you're doing it again. Did you... Can you just tell me about why you why you stopped for three years and then why you decided to last night? Well, you know, the NFL necessarily wasn't behind us the first time. And, you know, people were losing jobs over it. Uh, you know, they're claiming now that nothing's going to happen and they're going to support us throughout this. And they're claiming that they knew they were, they, that they were wrong back then. But back then, the NFL didn't support us. And, and you know, I see guys like Brandon Marshall, Demarius Thomas, who who don't have a job right now, guys who I definitely think should have a job right now, but, you know, um, you know, the NFL definitely did not do a good job at at supporting us and or even listening to us the first time around. Everybody wanted, like, nobody wanted to piss off Trump, and so all the owners completely took that out, out on us, and, you know, and, and they, they, they nipped that in the butt pretty quick. After you realized that it was um it, it, there were there could be professional consequences for you and financial consequences for your family if you knelt after that game if you took a knee again um did you have mixed feelings about playing in the NFL 
Man, it just makes me feel like the, the NFL didn't support us. They didn't have our back. We were just kind of like, go out there and do what you told them and then shut the hell up. You know, and we don't want to hear about your problems. We're paying you. And the, and the way people justify it is they pay us this money and they say we're all spoiled millionaires. Like, we didn't earn what we have. Like, we just walked into the facility one day and said, pay us money and we're going to play football. But, like, here's the thing. Like, people are so quick to tell us to shut the hell up. You got CEOs that make $100 million a year, $50 million a year, but no one says anything to them when they pay their employees $5, like $12 an hour. But then you have to learn to tell NFL players who are, they say, oh, well, do it in your own community. Use your own money. Use your own time. Well, we are. That's why I, always, I hate that the most. And people that constantly say, oh, bro, what are you doing in your community? What are you, do you really want me to run down this list? Because we are making a difference in our community. But the thing is, like, you know, it's just America has not been behind us really at all for the most part when it came to trying to make change. Every time that we try to make change, they say, well, that's not the right way to do it. So it's just, um, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult, you know, and obviously, you know, it's something I, I truly need to care about because here's my thing. I look at my kids and I realize they're going to have to go through the same shit I did. Mm-hmm. And I look at my I look at my youngest daughter. She's so innocent. Like all mother kids are bad as hell, but my youngest daughter are so innocent. And <laughs> she's not bad <laughs> as hell yet. She'll grow into that when she's four. <laughs> no, but I look, I look at I look at I look like I look at my youngest. I'm just like she doesn't deserve this. Like none of my kids, they don't deserve this. And the fact that someone literally is going to treat them differently just based off the color of their skin. And, and it's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking. And so I'm doing this because I need to be able to look my kids in the eye when I get older and tell them I fought for them. Have you ever had a, a bad interaction with law enforcement where you felt like you were treated in a way that wasn't appropriate or fair or because you were a black man? Oh, yes, 100%. 100%. 100%. When I was in high school, um, after football games, we used to go to McDonald's. Because um, I, I went to school in the suburbs of um, Milwaukee for football. And so after football games, we went to McDonald's or whatever. And then I was with these two white girls, and they drove, and they were, we were going to someone's house. And so we drove over, we were leaving McDonald's. The girl forgot to put her, her headlights on, so we get pulled over. And so we're getting pulled over, and she's like, doesn't know where to stop on the like where to pull over on the road. And then she finally pulls into his parking lot. The cop runs up. First, he pulls me out the car, and I hear him telling them, telling the girls, "Where's the drugs? Where are the drugs? We know they're his, huh? Mm-hmm. What? Oh <laughs> what? <laughs> like what you mean? I'm talking about pull out guns out, pull pull me out the car, patting me down." like threatening and threatening me saying if we find drugs it's a felony we're going to take you to jail and stuff that and i'm like i had nothing to do i'm literally just getting the ride they tried to say i was hiding drugs in the back seat like i was trying to hide drugs and it was over nothing there's no drugs there's no nothing and like oh well and of course like oh well i'm sorry have a good night or whatever but what you don't realize is that's mentally traumatizing people even to this day, every time I get pulled over, my heart stops and like my heart literally just drops and I I get so nervous. I put my just put my hands on the steering wheel and like and freaking out and like you just don't want to move. You don't want to move at all. And but then you have people and then the worst part about it is then like if something did happen, you have people say, Well, he shouldn't have done this. He should 
I didn't know that the police were the judge, jury, and executioner. Do you think you're going to kneel all season long? Uh, you know, I don't know. I want to, you know, I want to figure out something that's actually going to, like, make a change. And I want to talk, we want to talk to the team about it. And really figure out if there's something that we can do. If it's kneeling, if it's something that can actually bring change to the causes that we want. You know, like actually bring change and 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 bring the conversation up to to people who who claim they don't know what's going on, and then so now there's no excuse for trying to inform you. Mm-hmm. Having had the experience in 2017 of of not feeling like the league was supporting you when when you and your teammates were were taking a knee in protest um, for what was happening in our country, like. Has that affected your trust of the league to look out for you and your personal health during COVID? I guess you could think that, but my thinking behind it really was it looked really bad if someone died in the NFL because of COVID. Like, because of they didn't do enough. So I really, I have all the faith in them. I feel like the league's going to do everything they can because they know if they it will not look good for them if something like that happens. Mm-hmm. It's their self-interest is more aligned with that right now than it was before in 2017. Yeah, you know, at the the end of the day, you know, the league is a business. And so you got to think about what's going to affect your bottom line and what's not going to affect your bottom line. And if people get COVID, someone dies, you're going to have to shut the season down. You're going to lose money, you know. And we're commodities. We, we, We make money from these owners. So, you know, it's a money decision. That's Shelby Harris, a defensive lineman for the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are 0-2 this season. They play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend. Death, Sex, and Money is a listener-supported production from WNYC Studios in New York. I'm usually based at the studios of the investigative podcast Reveal in Emeryville, California. Katie Bishop produced this episode. The rest of our team includes Annabelle Bacon, Affy Yellow Duke, Emily Botin, and Andrew Dunn. The Reverend John Delore and Steve Lewis wrote our theme music. I'm on Twitter at Anna Sale. The show is at Death Sex Money on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you're not already subscribed, go to deathsexmoney.org/newsletter to sign up for our great weekly newsletter. And thanks to Emily Winter in Harrisonburg, Virginia, who is a sustaining member of Death, Sex, and Money. Join Emily and support what we do here by going to deathsexmoney.org slash donate. Shelby and his wife, Stephanie, have decided to keep their kids out of in-person school this year to try to lessen the risk of Shelby getting COVID. Shelby's wife is working from home, too, and they have a toddler running around. And you're all in the same house most of the day. (laughs) Except when you're practicing. That's what I'm saying. I need that. I need that. that. That's my getaway. I'm Anna Sale, and this is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. (laughs) 